Son, what does the gopher build? Can you say it? Well, who knows? A really rich doctor said you were a bummer. And I think you don't know algebra. No, we're talking science, bud. The science of what? Is that a tiger? One of your friends promised me I could flick you in your face. Absolutely, you may not do that. Hit him in his cringy smirk, for real. I brought the tiger. Really, you got somebody on the organ now? Hey man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna fix no! That's good. That's just good stuff. That's the fine folks over at Bad Lip Reading. I saw that one yesterday. Wanted to show that to you. Have you guys ever seen any of those bad lip reading things? They used to do them. I don't know how often they're doing them anymore, but they always used to do them uh, during the debates and during, you know, uh, big talks and State of the Union and that kind of stuff. They just, they just do great stuff. Hope you enjoyed the little cold open for you. It is October 5th, 2023. I'm Dave Rubin. This is... The Rubin Report, I'm feeling good about our color combination today. We are live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. And if you want to join us for a post-game show today and always, rubinreport.locals.com. We're going to get into a couple stories up top today, and then we are doing a community Q&A. So if you want to get some questions on the fly, Brock, are you connected to the internet right now? Brock is on the internet via his phone and computer. And if you want to communicate with us directly, Right now, during the show, rubenreport.locals.com. Maybe you can get a question or a comment in on uh, this live program that we're doing right now. Uh, the topic, before we get to all of that today, uh, will be about genitals. Are yours attached to you? If they are, consider yourself in the 1% people. Uh, yes, this trans epidemic, and I don't know any other way to describe it, uh, continues to grow. And we have a, a sort of policy layer of people that are pushing it on us, an institutional layer, a political layer, an educational layer, all of those things. And a whole bunch of people, fortunately, you know, this is one of the things that the left and the wokesters do that actually helps us, I think, in the long term. They push so far that they take people who are pretty much checked out, who think everything's going to be okay, and they actually wake you up. We know that this is happening with parents all over the country right now, and that there is finally a little bit of a pushback against some of this gender stuff specifically. We should probably be pushing more against some of the race stuff and some of the stuff about the founding of the country and a bunch more, but at least on the gender front, it seems like we're getting some wins. So we're gonna talk a bit about that using clips from uh, two fellows you might've heard of, Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan. I'm told they're on the uh, internet, those guys. They are on the internet uh, and we'll get to all that in just a moment. Let me talk to you guys about My Patriot Supply. Do you get the feeling something unthinkable is going to happen soon? We did, we did all get a, an emergency message at 3 o'clock yesterday, which freaked the kids out in my house. Uh, well, guys, with all the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food today. A wise man once said, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in emergency food storage. Go to my website, preparewithrubin.com, and you'll save 25% on My Patriot Supply's three-month emergency food kit. You'll enjoy a wide variety of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up now before everyone else panics. Free shipping is automatic and your order ships fast. Go to preparewithruben.com, preparewithruben.com, prepare with me, and now back to me. All right, let's talk a little bit about this uh, trans situation, because as I said, they, they push so hard 
most people, I think we've all learned this after years of COVID and everything else, most people kind of accept being abused. Most people kind of accept being lied to. Most people kind of accept their rights being trampled on and everything else. And then every now and again, they push so hard that even the average person who's kind of live and let live starts getting annoyed. You know, when you're, let's say, I don't know, your seven-year-old son comes home and sends, says he's a girl. Might be a little bit jarring for you. Well, the pushback on this is really breaking forth. And uh, Joe Rogan was talking about sort of the trans ideology and how it's especially being pushed on kids. And he was getting a lot of heat for what he said here. Take a look. When you think like that, like yeah. someone could steal your kids, like that's real. Someone could hurt your kids. And someone, you know, could go in the locker room and watch your kid go to the bathroom because yeah. they decide that they're a girl. And that doesn't mean that there's not people that are legitimately trans and identify as women and that's who they are and they're not perverts and they're not creeps. Of course, of course that exists too. But you're opening the door. If someone just says, I'm trans, I can use that restroom. You're opening the door for perverts. You 100% most certainly are. This doesn't deny the existence of trans people, but we have to be honest about what could possibly happen. Mm. That's why if people are uncomfortable with biological males walking around female locker rooms, it's because some people are liars and they're con artists. And they're not really, it's this person that's like been trapped in a man's body their whole life. They're fucking perverts and they want to be around kids or they want to be around women. They want to make them uncomfortable. They want people to stare at their dick while they walk around and know that they can't say anything about it. That's real too. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's real too. A, this doesn't discount the, the problem that trans people have with integrating into society and being accepted. That's real too. That's real too. But you have to understand that if you just have this blanket policy where no one can question anything about this stuff, you're, you're opening the door to abuse. So the reason I wanted to show you that clip is not because Rogan said anything what in, that should be deemed controversial right there. Uh, but in this wacky time we live in, he's getting a ton of pushback on that. And I have no doubt that uh, some of the activist organizations will be calling on Spotify to get rid of him and he's a transphobe and all that. But if you really listen to what he said there, he's giving it the most soft gloves treatment possible. He's saying, yes, there is a certain amount of these people that do exist, right? But we have to figure out how to integrate them into to society and while we're doing that, you want to make sure that the bad actors, the guy who suddenly at 45 wants to put on a dress so that he can go into a woman's locker room at the gym and show off his wang, uh, you don't want to empower that guy. You don't want to empower the people that are trying to confuse children about their gender identity and all those things. So he's doing it as softly as possible. But as you guys know, when you do this softly, when you give the left an inch on almost anything, they don't care, right? Like they don't take that qualification. You've heard me talk about these issues all the time. So what, what do I always say? I say, you gotta, you can't have the public officials talking to kids about this stuff. It would be for a parent to deal with or a family psychiatrist or psychologist. That, that part's obvious. Um, but the idea that society is sort of upending all of our norms, who can be in what bathroom, who can be in what locker, what, Teachers can talk to kids about privately and hide from parents that we're upending all of those things, although we are reversing that here in the free state of Florida. Uh, it's actually dangerous. So I want to go to something else that was going around yesterday. Uh, Tucker Carlson on his new show on X slash Twitter uh, had a policy expert who's now done a documentary 
about the trans, what he calls trans Inc. His name is Chris Moritz. Uh, and he talked a bit with Tucker about the financial incentives behind this growing industry of basically taking children and transitioning them, transitioning them into the other gender. In terms of uh, the, the, the pace of growth for let's say g clinics uh, serving pediatric patients on, on gender issues, in 15, last 15 years in the United States, we had zero now to over a hundred. Clinics. Clinics for kids. Why? It's a very complicated, um, it's a very complicated question and there's a lot of different reasons why. Um, I, I would say that the biggest single policy catalyst for this explosion is Obamacare. When Obamacare was uh, enacted in 2010, there was a kind of very quietly um, uh, uh, kind of written into the law, a provision in which insurance companies were mandated to, to provide coverage for what is deemed to be medically necessary gender affirming care. As a result of that, between 2010 and 2016, there was a 50% increase in sex reassignment surgeries, 25% increase in um, uh, insur uh, insurance, co insurance coverage for transgender individuals. Uh, and then at the very end of the Obama administration, 2016, an additional amendment to the Affordable Care Act was made whereby uh, uh, gender identity could no longer be a basis for denial of coverage um, uh, by private insurance companies. As a result of that, the next year, 20, from 2016 to 2017, there was 150% increase in sex reassignment surgeries in the United States. Right, right, as fast as possible as I'm listening to him. All right, there, there's so much there. First off, connecting this to Obamacare, that there were provisions in Obamacare starting in 2010 to affirm, right, and it's always that Orwellian language, affirm gender identity, even though the least affirming thing you could do is if an eight-year-old boy says, I'm a girl, it would be unaffirming to say that you're actually a girl. You'd, you'd affirm that they're a boy and deal with whatever it is that they're thinking. Oh, I like Barbie and a boy. Okay, well, that's okay. Some boys do that. Maybe he grows up to be a gay man, maybe not, right? Like there are effeminate straight guys, there are straight acting gay guys and all of those things. Uh, but the idea that this is connected to Obamacare is super interesting and that there were then incentives basically for all of these clinics. I mean, he said we went from zero of these clinics in 2010 to over a hundred of these clinics now. And now we know this thing has burst forth. I want to once again do the, I'll do the soft glove thing, even though there's really no point anymore, right? I'm not a bigot or a hater or a racist or whatever related to any of these things. Somehow, if you say something about trans people, you're also a racist. You guys know that they combine them all into one wacky thing. Uh, but I'll do the soft glove thing again, which is that, yes, of course, to me, 
to me, any adult, you're over 18, you wish to dress the opposite way and call yourself something different, you should be entitled, if you treat people with respect, you should be entitled to respect, like it's a two-way street, I don't think you should be discriminated against, people can decide uh, whether they wanna be your friend or not, like everyone's discriminatory in the type of people that they're around, we can all do that, but I understand that there are some people who are not thrilled with some of my life choices, it's the, it's the beauty of living in a pluralistic country with 300, 50 million some odd people. But let's continue, because he dives into a bit more on how this is so pervasive within our healthcare system now. Uh, he's gonna reference something called WPATH in the, in the uh, clip we're about to show you. It's the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. And listen to how our health system has been so warped around gender unaffirming care. Improve long -term I, I can't outcomes. say whether there were whether there were peer-reviewed studies at the time. Um, uh, I, I believe that, you know, even today, we don't know the long-term consequences necessarily of some of those specific drugs, but certainly with, with respect to the transgender uh, pharmaceuticals, there are no long-term studies uh, peer-reviewed that show the efficacy uh, or, or not um, of, of, of taking these very powerful pharmaceuticals. And, um, you know, we, we may not know for some time. Uh, and in fact, what, what re has resulted in, uh, this has resulted in a situation where clinicians and institutions and academics and elementary schools and the entire gamut of this supply chain uh, has have to fall back on protocols established by an organization called WPATH. WPATH stands for the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. It's technically a medical uh, professional body established in the 1970s. Um, and, um, but I think what's unique about it uh, is that it's, it, is, it is for sure you know, a, a medical entity, uh, but it is also an advocacy organization. And a political advocacy organization. For sure. To, in so far as they are advoc advocating for the advancement of transgenderism. So, in other words, uh, the protocols and uh, the clinical protocols that health systems, um, you know, large and small, are, that are, fall are falling back on are the standards that WPATH um, it has enacted over the years. All right, so he's making a really interesting point there. The whole system itself, the financial incentives and then these activist organiza organizations, the system is designed to push more people to transition. What are the chances? Really think about this. You bring your eight-year-old daughter to one of these clinics and your daughter says she's a boy and you're trying to make some sense out of it. And somehow the whole the, the, the education system, the cultural institutions, they've all pushed you to now go to this place. Do you think there's any chance at this place they're going to be like, you know what? No, actually, your, your eight-year-old's just a little bit confused. Send them home, you know, take them for a walk, go on vacation, whatever it might be, right? Like, clean up whatever's going on in your own house. Have you confused them about gender roles or, or God knows what, right? Like, whatever it might be. Is there any chance they turn people around? That would be a great, we should get in touch with this guy. That would be an incredible thing to find out. When people go to these gender clinics with their kids, how many people are turned away or do they affirm what anyone is thinking regardless of age and brain development and everything else, right? Just because you're eight years old and believe that you're a Sith Lord, it probably isn't true. Occasionally it is, you got it, Anakin, 
you know, didn't work out the way we all wanted, but okay. Uh, he came around to the end. Uh, anyway, people are waking up on all sides of this. And uh, one of the, I think, bigger problems that we have right now is that a lot of the people waking up have been the very same people who have ushered in so much of this stuff. We see this all the time, right? Like, so a lot of the liberals uh, who say nothing as this is going on, and when people five years ago were screaming about this, they were saying you're transphobes and bigots, then it starts sort of arriving at their door and they kind of come around. Now, I suppose better late than ever, but this, this is an interesting video uh, because this is bursting forth not just in the United States, it's happening all over Western society, as you know. It's interesting that it keeps happening in Western society. Isn't that bizarre? Uh, but here is a video of UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and he's kind of coming around to biological reality. Hot diggity damn. We are going to change this country and that means life means life. Now that shouldn't be a controversial position. The vast majority of hardworking people agree with it. And it also shouldn't be controversial for parents to know what their children are being taught in school about relationships. Patients should know when hospitals are talking about men or women. And we shouldn't get bullied. Wow, UK Prime Minister Sunak, apparently a big Ron DeSantis guy, right? Parents should know what's going on. We should accept biological reality. Uh, these are things that should not be debated anymore. Like, yeah, a bunch of us that were screaming about all of this stuff and warning that all these weird things were a coming. And by the way, there are more weird things are coming because it never stops, right? It never stops. There will be something weird after this. But have no doubt, the, the radical left that exists in the UK, and they have a very strong radical left, they're maybe not quite as like sort of ubiquitous in every part of society as we have here, uh, but they will come after Rishi Sunak. There, there's no doubt about that. And how do we know that? Well, one of the people who put the trans issue on the map with the lightest pushback ever was once beloved. I mean, everyone in the entire country and all over the world loved this woman, J.K. Rowling, who created Harry Potter, of course. And then you may remember some years ago, she basically just said, hey, there's biological differences between boys and girls. I'd rather girls not get you know, beat up in boys wrestling. That was in essence what she said on Twitter. Let me show you, this went on on Twitter over the years. I'll read one tweet from her. This is from uh, 2021. She wrote, the question at the heart of this debate is whether sex or gender identity should be should form the basis of decisions on safeguarding provision of services, sporting categories, and other areas where women and girls currently have legal rights and protections. So that's just one of many of the tweets that we could have read of hers. But she talks about it in a very decent, calm way. She's quite an exceptionally good writer. And again, beloved by everybody, right? Everybody loves the Harry Potter things. Children's dreams have been made by these books and then the movies. And all she was saying was, hey, girls should be protected. We should just have a conversation about that. Well, I don't have to tell you, you guys know, over the last couple of years, the, the left, the woke mob in the UK and really all over the world has just tried to destroy her and cancel her. They've tried to remove her name from the books, like just so much insanity. And uh, well, here we go. I was sent this video this morning. This is a radical trans activist in the UK celebrating the death of JK Rowling. And I saw it, so now you have to see it. Here we go. And people like JK Rowling need to fucking stop because my people are dying because of her. She purple -haired is people. killing us. Oh, she's killing purple haired people. Thing about this book. JK Rowling fucking she dies. She wrote a book. 
Yeah. He wrote Gretchen a book about killing J.K. Rowling. kill off the queen of the turfs, and it is glorious. I only wish that scene could have been even more brutal. The queen of the turfs. That sounds like a title for a book. That's a book that... J J so turf, what, what does turf stand for again? Trans-exclusive... Trans-exclusionary radical. Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Uh, this is known as a woman. <laughs> basically, right? So she's the queen of the turf. She's the queen of the people who hates trans people. By the way, she's repeatedly said she doesn't hate trans people. It's the same, this is what I mean, when Rogan does the soft glove thing or when I try to qualify it with, you know, live with dignity and all this stuff, they don't want to give you an inch. These people, it's, it's very sad, you know, I'm, in this weird way, we can mock these purple haired weirdos and all of that stuff. And, and to some extent we should, because we have to expose it. But in another way, you should have sympathy for these people because they have, they have been so bludgeoned by an ideology that was fueled through activism and through algorithms and Tumblr or God knows what, that they end up like, like you should be sympathetic in a weird way to that person. It's just absolutely insane. I am not gonna buy that book in case it's clear. I am, in case it's not clear, I am not gonna buy that book. All right, should we get to a community Q&A? What do you think? Oh no, we have one, oh, we do have one more. So related to all of this. Um, this wasn't, isn't specifically about gender, but uh, Phoenix saw it this morning. It's been making the rounds again. Uh, this one sort of pains me a little bit because Matthew McConaughey, uh, first off, I think he's an absolutely spectacular actor. Interstellar is an incredible movie. He was unbelievable in Wolf of Wall Street in, um, what was the pop movie? Uh, the pop movie from 30 years ago. Uh, not, well, Dallas Buyers Club, he was great in that, but I'm talking about the, the high school one in Dallas, uh, oh, in Texas. Um, what the, come on guys, somebody. Does anyone have a computer in this room? Does anyone? The, uh, with the weed, yeah, with the, the girls keep getting younger. The great thing about high school girls is I keep getting older and they keep getting younger, whatever, it, or they stay the same age. Anyone? No, not failure to launch. People were killing valuable time here. What was the movie? Dazed and Confused. Thank you. Jesus, all right. Anyway, I, generally speaking, I like the guy. He's had conversations with Jordan Peterson. He gets it on so much stuff. Maybe this is just part of being Hollywood, being in the Hollywood machine. When you're in the Hollywood machine and you are white and you are a man, no matter how much good work you've done, whether you're married to a apparently non-white woman, no matter where, where you grew up and what, you must bow to the altar of racial politics. Ch check out this video. This is really disappointing. <laughs> I heard this term the other day and I'd never heard it before. And I went, what? And talked to this person, he explained it to me. White allergies. White? White allergies that, that by where we were raised and how we were raised in our history uh, growing up, there are certain just imported obvious ways that we're prejudiced in ways that, 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 that we don't even understand. We got white allergies yep. and may not even know it. And so I was sitting there, you know, looking at my own life and I sit there and I go, all right, to me, mm -hmm. Longview High School was over 50% black. I applied to Grambling. I was the first white to ever work at Catfish Station in all blues, black blues bar on 6th Street. I am married to a non-white immigrant. I have black friends all through my life and still do. Mm -hmm. But what prejudices may I have via white allergies that I may not <laughs> It's so incredible, these struggle sessions. He spends the entire time, I'm not a racist, my wife's not, I got black friends, I worked at a catfish place, but, but I still have white allergies. I will say, I mean, it's also the phrase white allergies, it's so idiotic, although I will say, 
it's hard to picture a black guy using Flonase. Don't you think? I feel like white people only use Flonase. But that's not because of white allergies. I, there's just something else going on there with Flonase. I don't know. Anyway, it's all so stupid, this struggle section. session. Like, dude, you, you're basically saying, hey, I've lived my life to the best of my ability, but wh what can I do to bow to you, black man? And imagine if, if white people started saying black people have black allergies, right? Like, think how absolutely insane it is. And again, I point this out, and I, and I show you this video of the purple-haired woman who wants to murder J.K. Rowling, only to illustrate the point that people end up in these dark places, and the only way that we can help Matthew McConaughey not have his white allergies, cure him from his white allergies, and the way we can save the purple-haired girl who wants to murder J.K. Rowling and the rest of it is just by defending the truth. It really, it's the only thing we can do, and eventually the cream does rise to the top. On that note, let's get to a Rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. Here we go. Pete says, if the Democrats, think their best general election chances lie with a Trump matchup, isn't tying him up in legal battles, taking a chance that he may not make it out of the primary? Or do they feel his candidacy is inevitable and are just trying to damage him as much as possible in the general? I think there's a lot of legit ways you can look at this thing. On one hand, I think the idea that they have hung him up in all of these cases right, this ridiculous, I mean, the one in New York, which we covered yesterday, is just patently absurd, going after his old businesses for loans that have been already paid back for purportedly inflating the prices of properties and things of that nature. Like, it's just taking away his, uh, his business license, making sure he can't do business. So it's like, on one hand, if you wanna go for him on, say, the classified doc stuff, and of course that would be a, a selective application of the law because they're not going after Mike Pence, they're not going after Joe Biden with the with the freaking car in the in the you know garage in Delaware, et cetera, et cetera. That's bad enough. But if you're going to go for him on all of that stuff, you got to leave him with a business, right? Wouldn't you want to be like, all right, we're going to just kind of scare you on all this stuff, so we'll leave you with your businesses that you had even before you were president, so that maybe you could go on and get out of politics. But they seem to be going after the whole thing. My gut feeling on this is, they're if it wasn't for all of this. Imagine if none of these things were happening right now, right? So no trials, no indictments, no nothing. And he was just running a campaign. Uh, I think things would look extremely different right now. A I, his numbers, and again, I just simply don't believe the polls. By the way, I would welcome all of you, and I want to start doing this maybe starting next week. Every time we see one of these polls and Trump is up 65 points and DeSantis is at 12 or whatever it is, I, I started looking at a bunch of the polls that are going around yesterday. Do you know that often these polls are of 500 people? 500 people. I saw one that was being pushed around yesterday all over the place, 500 people. I saw another one that was being pushed, 1,200 people. You have to think who are the types of people that answer the phone? Are they going to this type of person or that type of person? What age is the person that, like all of these things. I, I just simply don't believe in these polls. But to get to your question specifically, in a weird way, if Trump wasn't going through all of this stuff, he'd, be have, he'd have to campaign on his record. Now his record is certainly better than the Democrat record, but is it objectively better than DeSantis's record? Now you might like his personality more, you might like the off the cuff stuff and the humor and the trolling and all that, that's fine. But in an odd way, the system is propping him up right now. I would say the argument, for why would they prop him up? They feel he's the easiest to beat. If he, be he believes, not if, he believes they stole the election from him last time. So he has to explain why wouldn't they steal it from you this time? And even if you don't believe the election was stolen from him last time, you gotta tell me where the new voters are. So let's say the election was completely legit. 
there, there's one or two there's one or two options here. Either they stole it from him, in which case you got to figure out a way to not get it stolen from him again, or it was legit and he lost by you know what was it 81 million to Biden, 75 to him. So he has to figure out where do you find new votes. Well, we know there's a lot of people now who are tired of Trump. We know that there's a whole bunch of people who will walk over glass to vote against Trump. So where are the where is the math in that? Where are the numbers in that? So it's a little hard to tell what the system is doing right now. My gut feeling is they're propping him up and keeping him in the news because they think he's the easiest to beat. And there is some guy out there who could get some crossover people. I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Amy says, we're at the end of Generation Alphabet. There's Gen X, the yuppies, Gen Y, the millennials, and Gen Z, the Zoomers. What should the next generation, my kids' generation, be called? Woo! They have a name? My kids have a Gen Alpha? We're going, oh, that's boring. No, I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't think we have to just keep it around like the, the letter in a, right. I don't like that. I, like, I would love it to be like, how about like the, the builder generation, the fix-it generation, the no BS generation, like maybe the kids that are, you know, being born now up to say 10 years old who will be born, you know, during the time of a pushback from like the true lunacy that I just spent the opening of the show talking about, maybe they will be the generation. And by the way, we see evidence of this even in the, in the Zoomers now who are leaning a little more conservative, right? Because they grew up in a time being told by adults that they couldn't leave their room and all, and had to be injected with things. And God only knows after years of vaccine injuries as they grow up, you know, they're gonna send a lot of their parents to very shitty uh, old age homes. Uh, but I would love to see whatever you wanna call it, alpha, beta, well, I don't wanna call it beta. We'll call it alpha is better than beta, I suppose. But I would love to see the generation of my children be the ones who really come in, no BS. We got, we got educated in better ways because we funded uh, students instead of systems. Uh, we got our kids out of all of these institutions, whatever they are, the cultural and educational institutions and everything that confused them and all that stuff. And we sent them into the world to go fix it. And I guess that, well, I suppose that's a challenge for us in Gen X and Gen Y and, uh, and even slightly younger, who are the parents of these kids? Frank says, who decided Congress should reconvene next Tuesday? And why is the Republican Congress going along when the matter of House Speaker is so important? Right, so Congress is off now for a couple of days, although obviously there's gonna be a lot of backdoor deals and everybody's trying to figure out who the next Speaker of the House is. As I mentioned yesterday, it does sound like Jim Jordan is kind of the leading candidate right now because Gates likes him and a lot of the McCarthy type People like him as well. Uh, I've interviewed him a bunch of times. I, I think he's a, a good dude. He gets the issues. He's really big on free speech and fighting big tech and all of that stuff. But in essence, uh, they have pushed all of the meetings to next week. I'm getting some info here from uh, from N from N. You're sourcing NPR on the Rubin Report. Oh my God! I'm I'm reading this on the fly. I can't swear to its veracity. Uh, North Carolina Representative Patrick McHenry who chairs the Financial Services Committee, has been named Speaker Pro Tempore, an interim role with limited authority. His first act was to declare House in recess. Okay, so we have this temporary guy. We're in recess for a couple days next week. I think we're gonna have uh, Thomas Massey, who I referenced yesterday, as just kind of one of the sane guys. One of the sane guys who I'd like to think is liked by people on both sides, but that's getting harder and harder. But like, he's just a decent freaking human being. He's also, if I'm not mistaken, can you check this? Is he a physicist, Thomas Massey? He built, he took a Tesla car battery and he runs his entire house on it and he built it himself. 
it's either a physicist or he's a mathematician or, or something. But anyway, and he's just a good man. He's just a good man. Uh, we were going to try to have him on tomorrow, but then when I found out that this recess was happening, we're going to push that to next week, and maybe we can get him, even if he's literally walking in the halls of Congress on his phone. Uh, that would be just fine. What is he? Is, is he a... He has a, ma a master's... No, he has a bachelor of science degree in electrical engineering and a master of science degree in mechanical engineering from MIT. Like, what the hell is the guy doing in Congress? Oh, yeah. The guy who's the temporary speaker? Yeah. Apparently, his first, one of his first things he did was kick Nancy, Nancy Pelosi is still in the speaker's office. Oh. McCarthy let her keep it. That's interesting. So the guy that we just referenced, that's the temporary speaker, apparently Nancy Pelosi's been hanging out in the speaker's office. He booted her. So, all right, some good things are happening there. Uh, Joe says, any guesses on who will win the World Series this year? Believe it or not, I have no idea who's in the World Series. The only thing I know about baseball, oh, here we go. But before I even look at that, actually, the only thing I know about baseball, because I'm here in Miami, is that a week or so ago, the, the Marlins were close to getting the wild card. Did they get it? They, the Marlins got it. All right, Miami, there you go. Now I'm being shown the breakdown here. Let's see. Oh, the Marlins were eliminated last night? Philly. Oh, man. They probably just didn't want to go to Philly and have to live with that filth and Fetterman and everything else. All right, so what am I looking at here? It looks like it will be Texas. Texas playing Baltimore. Uh, that's Minnesota playing Houston. Uh, those are the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, stupidest name ever, versus the LA Dodgers. Oh, that's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sorry. All right, see, I'm, I'm out of the loop, man. And then we got the Phillies versus the A's. You know what? In this, uh, in this studio here, in this office here, we only have one major baseball guy. Connor was a big-time baseball player. He loves baseball, lifelong Dodgers guy. You're, you're trying to go to every uh, stadium, right? Mm -hmm. How many do you have left? No, oh, he's still got half the stadiums to go, but he's, you know, I don't let these people ever leave the studio, so that's pretty good. Uh, but he's a big Dodgers fan. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I am going to root. time for Dodger baseball. <laughs> You've been waiting to roll that one in. For a long time. All right, we're a Dodgers, we're a Dodgers family around here. I, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. Is Jeter still playing? I like that guy. <laughs> Buttercup says, do you have days where you feel like we are living in a reality show, that there are producers who are injecting chaos and drama into the political and cultural worlds? Yes. What is one of the phrases that I say all the time and I really want you guys to, to Google and learn about? Kayfabe. A-A-Y-F-A-B-E. This is the idea that professional wrestling came up with decades ago. Think about Andre the Giant fighting Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts fighting Ravishing Rick Rude, and the storylines that went along with that. Ravishing Rick Rude is cheating on Jake the Snake's wife and banging her on the side. Jake better throw the snake on him. And this, like, and you, they create this story that never ends, right? These stories link and they go over years and comebacks and you're angry at this one. And, and we all knowing it's fake, knowing it's a production, we're still, and I used to love uh, WWE, well, it was WWF at the time, uh, WWE wrestling. And I, I would go, I've been to Madison Square Garden. I think I was at WrestleMania I would, not four. Four was the big one with Hogan finally taking out Andre the Giant. Maybe six, something like that. But anyway, uh, the idea that we all go to these things, you know you're watching something fake and you're having all of these real emotions. It does sometimes feel we are in some sort of 
uh, Truman Show, if you saw the movie Truman Show with Jim Carrey, that we're just in some sort of like orchestrated reality and we're all responding into it all the time. It's one of the reasons that I try my best and, and probably fail at it sometimes to not have you guys be out, outraged all the time. Right, right? I'll reference what people are outraged about and occasionally I can get a little annoyed about something. Fortunately, no clips of The View today. But like, we're all just like in this thing. You remember when, when Barbie came out, what was that, two, three months ago, and everybody on the right was screaming and ranting and raving about Barbie. It's like, man, you guys are just reacting to everything. I'm, I'm not defending Barbie. I did not see Barbie, believe it or not. You loved Barbie. <laughs> Brock loved Barbie. Well, how have I hired you people? It really makes me wonder sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, like just, we don't wanna be just reacting to everything all the time. And that's what it does feel like. Like there's just a script, they inject a little craziness when they need a little craziness or a little shiny thing over there to distract us. And that's kind of why, as I often say, we end up on the slow descent to hell. We don't know how to deal with real issues. We don't know how to re respond when we get you know decent leaders out there because there's no business like show business. There's no business, I know. All right, Candace says, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going. Uh-oh, I'm going back to SoCal next week for a friend's wedding. Is it that bad? I already can't wait to come back to North Carolina. Listen, you stay in North Carolina. You don't go. You don't go. Oh, we should have played the Kamala. Don't go, Trump. I'm gonna come. Um, yeah, I mean, it's bad, it's bad. It depends where you're going. You know, look, LA area, it's just bad. Don't go to, I would say truly, don't go to Hollywood, West Hollywood, it, it's disaster. There's virtually no one there. The stores are all closed. Homeless people, drugs, like it's, it's not San Francisco level, but it's bad. Obviously there's some other areas. Like if you go to Bel Air where the super rich people live, if you're in LA, you're gonna be okay in Bel Air. If you go to Bel Air, I don't know if it's still open. There was an awesome jazz club I used to go to. It's like the only thing I miss from LA. It was called Vibrato. It was owned by Herb Alpert. Remember Herb Alpert uh, did Rise and a whole bunch of other stuff, like legendary jazz guy. And he had a great club there that I used to go to. But but the place, yeah, the place itself, it just, it just ain't great. It is what it is. Dellen says, are you as disappointed in the congressman who didn't support Matt Gates? I think they should have kicked McCarthy to the curb when he folded on Ukraine, the January 6 tapes and the budget to name a few. Look, I am completely with Gates on a, on a bunch of this stuff. Like the, the one item votes, like instead of all of the pork, right? And that if you don't vote for the, you know, they basically put out a border wall and somehow you say, okay, I do want to fund the border wall. You ended up also giving Ukraine 200 billion. Insane. Funding the gender studies in Pakistan, as I've talked about. All of these crazy, like these things that you cannot believe. Literally looking at the genitals of turtles and, and all of the weird things that they're up to. That wasn't a Mitch McConnell joke. That was just a straight up turtle comment. Um, I'm with him on that. Funding of Ukraine, obviously. He said, McCarthy said he was going to release the January 6th tapes. As far as I know, they didn't. You know, Tucker, I guess, has them. I, I, I don't know if he's still going through them or whatever else. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say I'm disappointed or angry at the people that didn't go along with this. You got to remember about, about what was it, you know, 150 some odd Republicans did not go along with it. Eight did and cut some kind of deal with the devil with the Democrats to get rid of McCarthy. And that's fine. And again, as I said yesterday, I'm not saying McCarthy's great, but I would reference the, the speech that we played yesterday of Thomas Massey basically saying, hey, I've been around for a while. I've seen guys like John Boehner who didn't do anything when they were speaker. I've seen guys like Paul Ryan, who the MAGA base hates Paul Ryan, right? Who didn't do anything when they were speaker. He said, this has been the most conservative Congress. You may not like all of it. And this again goes to uh, the, a concept that we will constantly be talking about, I think for the next year and a half, and, and maybe for the remaining period of time that America exists as a nation, it's like, 
Do you want to burn it all down and just roll the dice and see what happens on the other side? And maybe it's better, right? There's a, there's a lot of screwy stuff. Maybe it's better on the other side. Or do you want to take something that was really hard to build and precious and whatever, and it's, and it's infected with lobbyists and all that stuff and figure out how to marginally make it better? That was the McCarthy view, and Gates has a different view. So I, I'm not angry at those people. Jennifer says, how did you propose to David? Uh, I did it. It was a surprise. Uh, one, I believe it was a Sunday evening, uh, right before Thanksgiving. This is 2014. Was it 2014? 2000? Yeah, 2014. Man, we've been together a long time. Um, and we were together like five or six years before that. Um, I said to him, get in the car. I said, put on a nice shirt, get in the car. Let's just take a drive. I was like, ah, maybe we'll get dinner somewhere. We're driving, driving, driving. Then we start getting to like more shady part of LA. We're kind of in like the Compton area. You don't go to dinner in Compton and it's getting weird or whatever. And then uh, he sees that we were turning into the forum. The forums where the Lakers used to play. Uh, they don't use it for sports anymore. I don't think it's, it's now just for concerts and things of that nature. He did not see any of the signs outside. And he's like, he's looking at me like, are you taking me to a Star Wars convention? Is that what we're doing right now? That's what he thought we were doing. And we get in there and it was uh, Fleetwood Mac and Fleetwood Mac is his favorite uh, band. Loves Stevie Nicks, loves all of them. And then the third song, I had already checked the playlist from the night before, so I thought the third song was gonna be Dreams, which is his favorite song. Proposed to him there. And I gotta tell you, uh, there is nothing for heterosexual people as exciting as seeing gay people get engaged. I mean, the ovation we got, like it just started spreading throughout the thing. Maybe it was because uh, you know, Stevie was spinning, but I think it was because of us, I'm not sure. Anyway, which that's actually gayer, honestly, Stevie Nicks spinning around stage. Uh, Richard says, uh, do you think Jim Jordan can carry the votes to be speaker? I feel he could have at the beginning of the session, but only bowed out of consideration in difference, uh, in uh, difference or deference to McCarthy, meaning he could have got it the first time around and he can. Yeah, he did bow out last time. I think he can get it because he's really liked by the Trump contingent. Um, He's like, like, I don't know who really doesn't like him. I think he's thought of as like a pretty decent guy. And at this point, you know, let's say you're one of the McCarthy uh, Republicans or whatever you want to call them. You now know that because Gates is willing to team with the Dems, you now know you got to get somebody that they're going to come on board with. Otherwise, they'll just stonewall you to high hell. So Jim Jordan happens to be in that lane. So my gut feeling like it doesn't tell much of a story here because I think it's going to be the guy most people think it's going to be, but I think it's going to be Jim Jordan. Uh, Old World Charm says, people are saying that this move to oust McCarthy will have us lose the house in 24. Was this a really bad chess move? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Look, the Democrats blow, but the Republicans suck. That's where we're at. Clip that one. Um, that's really where we're at with things. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know who's looking at the Republicans right now. Like, oh, what a, what a great group. What a powerful group of people. I, I think there's a little juice to what Gates has done and it's deservingly so. I fully give him credit for that. By the way, we reached out to his people yesterday and we're already in touch with them. So we're trying to make a, an interview happen. We'll see about that. Um, but, you know, I, I said it to, to a friend this morning. I was texting a friend, old, old uh, high school friend asking me about my thoughts on this stuff. And he's like, you know what, these Republicans and da, da 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 it's like they destroy each other. The Democrats are in lockstep. Now, now like these eight guys are using the Dems. It's like, it's, and I was just like, look, you know, I never considered myself a Republican my entire life. I am a newly registered Republican here in the state of Florida. I consider myself a Florida Republican, but as for the wider operation, I'm certainly not a Democrat, but I'll vote for, for the few people 
every now and again who are decent. And generally, a lot of these people just are not. Chipster says, has Dave ever had a Whataburger? If so, what's his opinion? Yes, I had Whataburger a couple times. Uh, it's been a few years. I think the last time was in Texas somewhere. Maybe it was in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, pretty good. It's like, it's like a big kind of just like juicy, a little kind of sloppy burger. Uh, my preference always, I mean, I still, you know, I mentioned the LA thing before and the jazz club. I do miss in and out. That is the one thing I miss. We, we got our Shake Shack here. I find Shake Shack to be, it's a little greasy. Little greasy. I don't know what that's all about. What, what would you say is the best burger in Miami? What would you guys say? You like that burger fight place, right? I, I had it the other day. I didn't think it was that great. You got anything? What do you got? Brock, you got a burger? I feel like you got a burger. I got five guys over here from Brock. Connor? Local. Local? There's a place called Local in Coconut Grove. If you ever want to see Connor, he hangs out there all day long <laughs> talking about the Dodgers. If you want to have a nice meal of a burger and a conversation about the Dodgers, that's where you go. Um, yeah, Whataburger, pretty good, pretty good. Lorielli says, why was Russia running a test at the same time as FEMA yesterday? Were they up to something together? So I did not know that, and I had to double check it right before the show. So everybody knows your phone just basically blew up. What time was that yesterday? It was about three o'clock or so? The phone just blew up. Like I was literally holding Luke, like trying to get him to take a nap. I forgot the thing was going to go off. I just like, you know, so yeah. So they, they just want to know that they can control us at any moment. The aliens have landed. Get in your basement. Okay. But apparently the Russians, we did check. The Russians ran a test at the exact same time. Like who does that better? Me or the rock? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That gets us back to the kayfabe thing before. Like, it all feels like a script. John says, Dave, you have no problem with calling balls and strikes. Would you criticize DeSantis when he needs to be criticized? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think actually, you know, on, on that abortion thing where he's done the six-week thing and we had 15 weeks here in Florida, and I've said many times, I, didn't, I go to every Republican event in Florida, basically. I did not, or conservative event, whatever you want to say. I... Uh, never heard any conservative or Republican complaining about the abortion situation here. I think there were a whole bunch of people that had their own personal beliefs that wish it would have been earlier or no abortions altogether. Uh, I think he did what he thought was right. I happen to disagree with him on that. Beyond that, I don't know. I, I don't think I have any criticisms of him on policy. I, I'm, I'm living proof. I mean, my life and my businesses and everything here are, are an example of why Florida is so good, which is directly related to him and how he not only won in landslides, but has completely restructured the parties here. There's basically no Democrat party here in uh, Florida anymore. So he's done incredible stuff on that. If I was to criticize him on anything else, I guess maybe there was a way to roll out this campaign a little bit better. I think maybe... And I'm not, I'm not even sure about that. You know, the Trump thing is such a freaking X factor. I, I don't know what else they could have done, but I suppose, you know, I, I'd have to ask him personally and I will next time I see him. But in retrospect, did they not realize that Trump was going to throw the kitchen sink at them? Not just, you know, do like standard, like oppo research, like did you have an affair with your wife? but basically like lie about everything related to Florida, related to COVID, related to Soros, and all of the things Trump has lied about. Like whether, whether we can expose those things or not, a certain amount of people believe them. And maybe there was a better force field related to some of that that they needed to think through beforehand. But I would welcome your thoughts on that. I mean, I'm just trying to think like on policy, like it's, it's all there. 
I know him to be a good guy. Like he doesn't he doesn't lie in in at least you know within the within the parameters of being a public official. So, but I'm open to it. If you guys got anything else, uh, if you have not subscribed at rumble.com slash Ruben Report. Please do. You never know when YouTube is going to give us the boot. Uh, if you want to join us for a post-game show right now for a few extra questions, comments, and queries, it's rubenreport.locals.com. Of course, we have a Apple iOS app and an Android uh, app, which is at the Google Play Store. Uh, tomorrow, we've got the panel back. We've got Libby Emmons and Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze and Libby from uh, Post Millennial. Uh, we leave you, this is an oldie but a goodie. People that you don't see much of these days, but uh, they're still around apparently, and we'll see everybody on the other side. Two minutes early. I know you I love it. I know people are watching. I did not. You loved it. You owe me a minute and you, 19 seconds. Yeah, I'll seconds. give it to you. I'll give it to you. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.